Welcome into another week of what we believe is Odyssey's favorite podcast. Seems like everybody's striking out there, but we're here. We're still here. We're still getting compensated extremely well, I'm sure. I haven't really checked, but we have no complaints, and we are here once again for another episode of Name That News. I am your co-host, Mark Menard, along with my co-host, Zach Clark, and the way this show works, we'll play you some clips, we'll have you make some guesses about what they're about. If you get it right, the satisfaction of a job well done is all yours, and if you get it wrong, there's really no penalty. So what do you have to lose? Take the quizzes and just feel the weight of the stress of the world leaving your body. Sound about right, Zach? Yeah, I just, you're getting paid? I guess I was one of those people that just had the glitch fixed. You know, I I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm milked in the basement, and they haven't noticed yet that they're still paying me. So don't let's not say it too loud. So I'm going to lead us off this week, and we're going to get right into this. And I'm keeping it close to home. For those of you who don't know, I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana. And we have a local station here, WWL in New Orleans. And that's where this clip comes from. A program that's helping our veterans. Very necessary to make sure our veterans live a comfortable life when they are done with their service. And this program is endeavoring to help them do that with what? Have a listen. Um, but what this program is doing, it's, it's really offering our warriors and our veterans a form of therapy. And it, it's unique because we wouldn't think of as therapeutic. But as I learned when I met up with them, that it is very much therapeutic. And um, it, it's a program that I think that people should really invest in if they're looking to help our veterans. So, what activity is proving so therapeutic to our veterans? Is it A, pickleball? Is it B, golf? Or is it C, billiards? I gotta be honest, I just jumped to pickleball immediately because it's all anybody talks about anymore when it comes to sports people play recreationally. I mean, for It is sweeping the nation. So aggressively. I mean, unbelievable. And here's the other thing. I don't do this frequently. But I do live in Michigan, Mark, where golf is extremely popular, though only for, you know, a few months out of the year. I can't think of anything more frustrating from a recreational sports standpoint than golf. And look, pool, though, here's the thing about pool. You know what makes me feel better? Alcohol. You know what usually comes with pool? Alcohol. So I'm going to say C because of that. You know, that's a good thought process you went through there. It's an incorrect one, but it was good. I admired it. I respected it. The counterintuitiveness of this is what made me choose it. It is golf. Golf is helping our veterans work through, I guess, PTSD or any other issues that they're dealing with when they come home from serving our country. And it's a program that is is very helpful. It deserves your attention. Go back and click the link on WWL's website and listen to the report from Tom Trong about golf and the program that is helping our veterans. I got to get these guys and gals to teach me how to play calm golf. I, I got to go back and listen just for that reason alone. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm pretty sure it's a myth. Let me ask you this. Could it be that it's cathartic to get all those frustrations out on the golf course and not somewhere else? Yeah, like a rage room, but outside. I like that yeah. idea a lot. I, th I think they might be onto something there. Mark, we're going to pull the attention a little bit north. We're going to our friends in Chicago. This is from WBBM. Take a listen. A family in far south suburban Monee is missing their pet that escaped from its enclosure on Monday. His name is Rupert. He's a character. He's got emotions. He's got a personality. Alrighty, Mark, who is Rupert? What is on the loose in suburban Chicago? Is it A, a dog, B, a wallaby, or C, a pet rock? So I'm not sure how a pet rock would escape. 
I guess roll roll out of the yard. I think it would be easy to find. So I'm gonna toss that one out. We have a dog and a wallaby. I feel like a dog loose in the neighborhood is not as newsworthy as a wallaby. For those of you who don't know what a wallaby is, if you're an 80s or a 90s kid, Rocco's Modern Life on Nickelodeon. Rocco was a wallaby, and he certainly had a ton of personality. Now, obviously, he spoke and was animated, but I can see where wallabies could be very personable. I don't know what kind of pets they make. I don't know anything else about them. But you know what? That B-52's theme song is playing in my head already. I'm going with Wallaby. Final answer. Not only was he a Wallaby, Mark, he was Australian. And that was one of the greatest theme songs of all time. You're absolutely correct. And I've had it stuck in my head all morning. And I had to cut out the part in this clip where it mentions Rupert is two and a half feet tall. I figured that would be the thing that gave it away. But yeah, Rupert is on the loose. And I love the way she described him having a personality. And again, I went right to the television show. But the funny thing is, if you remember that show at all, Mark, Rocco didn't really have a personality. He was just kind of like the the conductor of this crazy circus that lived around him. Maybe it's just that I admired his calm amidst the storm. Maybe that's what I liked about his personality. But you know what? It was also probably obscured a little bit by the loop in my head going, Rocco's Modern Life. So Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Great song. Great show. And thank you for bringing that back into my consciousness with that question. Kudos to you. So that comes back to me. We're heading to the Big Apple. WCBS. And an interesting surgery that took place. A kidney worked for two months in a brain-dead man whose body was kept alive on a ventilator. This is really an incredible thing. So, what animal donated the kidney that survived inside a human body? A, a monkey, B, a dog, or C, a pig? All right, Mark, this is an anatomy question, and I am a terrible uh, science student, learner, understander, whatever. I'm going to throw the dog out right away. They are man's best friend, but I feel like we have the least in common with them. And so if I'm, like, making assumptions of animals that are the most closely related to humans, it's a monkey, right? But for some reason, I remember this just in passing, pig organs... There's something about them. I don't know what it is, but I, because remember last time my logic failed me. So my logic this time tells me monkey. This time I'm saying pig. You know what? Some people trust their guts and some people trust not to trust their guts. And this time you, sir, are correct. Yes. It was a porcine kidney, a pig kidney that they put inside of a brain dead man with his family's permission. They didn't just grab a guy out of the ICU that wasn't coming back and said, let's try it. They got his family's permission. They agreed to go on with the experiment. They put a pig kidney in his body, and it worked. It worked just fine for a couple of months. Now, I don't know if it failed after a couple of months or if that's just the amount of the experiment, and then they took it out and let him go about his merry way. But it did survive. So maybe this is a source where people who need kidney transplants, we don't have to stick to trying to find a human donor. Maybe we can look at the pigs. It's crazy. It's true. All right, Mark, for some reason, we're on a Chicago vibe today, at least I am. We're going to go back to WBBM in Chicago for this one. The report from the online restaurant payment processor Toast says in the second quarter of this year, at full-service restaurants fell to 19.4%. Alrighty. 
Mark, what has been happening less and less at sit-down restaurants? Is it A, the finishing of meals? Is it B, not making the staff cry? And C, is it tipping? So we either have a lot of food being wasted or a crying, depressed wait staff or stingy people. That is correct. None of these are great. They are not. The wasting of food seems like the, the least intrusive because you're not actually affecting anyone and their well-being, financial or mental. Uh, and I feel like that's not good enough for this show. So I'm going to toss out finishing meals. Making the staff cry, if, if the tip's low enough, I guess you could still make the staff cry. But I feel like making the staff cry is not as prevalent as stingy people stiffing people on tips. That is a huge problem in terms of actually what we're doing in 2023. Tipping is still the norm. So I'm going to say that it is tipping that has gone down because uh, that seems like the worst possible scenario here, but also the most likely. We do look for the lowest common denominator on this show or the worst common denominator uh, as it is. Mark, you are correct. It is tipping. But interestingly enough, in this story, they don't talk so much about people being stingy. It's that there are too many opportunities where they're faced with that iPad or that touchscreen that says tip. And so it's not about the restaurants that the tipping is going down. The reason people are tipping less at restaurants is because they're being asked to tip more frequently other places. And so overall, it's bringing tipping down. So actually, this story, the restaurant is an innocent bystander in this story, oddly enough. Wow. Maybe we should start getting people to tip us. Can we get one of those screens? Like where I show it to you right now and then you, you know, 10, 15%. We could. Like the download is still free, but you can also feel free to tip. I, kind of, I, I like I, that idea. I like that. Let's run it up the flagpole and see who salutes it. We're going to corporate with it. So now we come to the point in the show, not the point where you tip. That's not. We're not doing that yet. The point where we call this the cliffhanger question of the week. Here's how it works. We give you a question just like all the other questions, but we don't give you the answer today. We want you to come back. We want you to need to know what this answer is so badly that you remember to come back and download this again next week. So before we get to the new cliffhanger question, we have to satiate your curiosity from last week's cliffhanger question. Let's remind you what that one was. It came to us from KRLD in Dallas. And that growth is powered by Gen Y and Gen Z. And these consumers also happen to be digital natives. Uh, and that segment of the market is who we really set out to serve. Uh, at so what industry is embracing quote unquote smart technology? Is it A, the sports arena industry, B, the restaurant industry, or is it C, the fitness industry? Mark, I gave you your flowers last week for this question because it's excellent. At this point in time, you could ask me, you could have put anything in there. Any three things would have been viable because smart technology is the prevalent or pervasive uh, new thing at the moment. You know, I, like I'm trying to think with the restaurant industry, like are they using AI for recipes? That doesn't make any sense. Like we're already, we've already seen like, you know, table side payment systems and that kind of stuff. That's not new. The fitness industry, they've been doing things with like smart mirrors and fitness equipment. But you said something, you said something last week about gambling and sports arenas and technology and the way it works and it's been stuck in my head ever since so i'm gonna say a and if i'm wrong it's because your suggestion sucked there's something known as a red herring and if you're not familiar with it it's tossing out an idea or two to distract you from the actual answer 
And that is what I did last week. And I'm I'm sorry, but it was something that I thought of that, hey, you know what? Let's put this out into the world and maybe uh, they can send some residuals our way if they if they decide to pick pick up on that. But it was not the sports arenas. It was not the restaurants. It was, in fact, the fitness industry that they're talking about. Smart gyms are becoming the wave of the future, and Gen Z is embracing it because they are such digital natives that you know everything is an app. They've grown up with it. They're used to it. They're comfortable with it, and now they're starting to work out that way as well. So smart gyms are starting to uh, sweep across the country, and I guess we'll see how how successful they can be. I'm so confused. I've been right trusting my gut. I've been wrong trusting my gut. I, I'm very confused right now. So we're just going to go ahead and move on to the cliffhanger question of the week. It belongs to me. This clip mark can be heard across Odyssey stations from coast to coast. It comes to us from our friends at CBS Radio. Take a listen. There was a last-minute bidding war for Princess Diana's... That saw the price jump from the highest offer of 190000 to $1.1 million. Alrighty, Mark, what of Diana's, Princess Diana's, the late Princess Diana, what created this bidding war? Was it A, a sweater with sheep on it, B, a royal scepter, or C, a diary filled with thoughts about how she really felt about her in-laws? Lady Di, Princess Diana of Windsor, still, like as you said, very popular. She is almost a martyr status in England. They love her and always will. What is the item is what you're asking me. What is the item that caused a bidding war that used to belong to Princess Diana? A sweater with sheep, a royal scepter, or a diary with what she really thought about her in-laws? We're not going to answer it this week, but we can think about it a little bit. A royal scepter, probably very ornate, probably very lavish and expensive, could cause a bidding war with you know the, the whatever jewels are encrusted in it. And, uh, and and how much it actually is worth. So yeah, that could that could set off a bidding war. You also have the diary. I think people at this point know how she felt about the royal family, but maybe reading it in her own words would would cert, would have value. And then a sweater with sheep on it. That's just crazy enough to be worth a ton of money to somebody. So all three of these answers, again, great answers. We'll we'll stew about it for a week, and we'll come back here next week and figure out what the answer was. Yes, we'll have a proper coronation when we figure it out. <laughs> well done. Well played. But for now, uh, we will leave you to the rest of your endeavors for the rest of the next seven days. As always, we say thank you to Brian Fisher, who helps put the show together. And special thanks, of course, to you for joining us. If you like what you heard, then please pound that subscribe button, bookmark us on your browser, set a reminder on your calendar, because we're here every single week with another royal episode name that news